Ready, Dave? Hey, everybody. Hey, every floodies. Nope, not flood. This is Don't Let's Start, a podcast about they might be giants. I'm Jordan Cooper. I'm Dave Fox. Welcome to the program. This is my only friend, Dave Fox, but not my own, but literally my only friend. Oh, cool. <laughs> and um, I got a ton of friends. I'm beloved. No, it's great having only one friend because you just—it's just like lighter load. I just don't gotta. Yeah. I just gotta worry about you, and then no one, nobody else. I am a handful. <laughs> yeah, Dave's enough friend for. Well, that sounds like I'm insulting. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking he's about? He's too today? much friend because he's so nice and true. friendly. <laughs> we are talking about one of my all-time favorite physical objects that I own. Listen to this. Listen to this little snappy thing on the CD. What? <laughs> okay, it didn't sound like much. I think it, time has worn down the the snappiness. Yeah, but um, this As it is, does with all of us. Yeah, <laughs> my snappiness is way down. We are talking about they might be giants. Back, back to skull. To skull. Now, what is back to skull? It's funny. I recently talked to a new listener who is a casual fan. So he he excuse he, me. He told me he didn't know like a lot of the stuff we were talking about. Um, <laughs> casual. He knew. Yeah, he knew flood. He knew. He was really casual. He had like a jacket on, and sunglasses. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was leaning on a wall. He was surfing. Um, <laughs> is that casual? <laughs> surfing seems hard. Seems like you have to like really That's train true. to do he it. He had a toothpick in his mouth. Back to Skull is, it's actually in disguise. It's the snail shell single. I believe this came out oh. prior to John Henry. Back to Skull, oh my God. Um, Dave, I, I, I want to know if you have opinions on this. I hope you it's do. It's good. It's a great little CD. It's like everything about it. There's a there's a similar to John Henry, though in a different way. There's like a thematic consistency to yeah. it. It's got a sound. It's got a vibe. I should hope it has a sound. It's got yeah. I can <laughs> hear it. What are you listening to? <laughs> That's like a very avant-garde thing. They put out a CD yeah. that just is nothing. So yeah, back to skull. I love the artwork on it. I love everything about it. It's been something that I just like have this these very fond nostalgic but also like not nostalgic like new too like even just listening to it this week i'm yeah. like i still love it it's still one of my favorite things i don't have a lot of nostalgia for it because i didn't hear it until do you do you own later it in, i don't think i do and i was too lazy to walk over to where my cds reside to check for sure this is uh i love the title it's funny didn't get it Did for a long time <laughs> yeah you maybe know maybe until i might recently, not have either yeah very recently same here same here it's just i don't know well it rolls off the tongue really well back to yeah. skull um but yeah yeah, it's a play on back to school, yep. which is like any any I guess person who went to school around the the end of August, early September. You start seeing all these back to school. There's ads. There's the ninety nine cent stores have the back to school sales yeah. with the notebooks and the crayons. They sure whatever. do, Jordan. <laughs> I guess it depends if crayons is if you're really little. But uh, <laughs> I remember College. buying crayons <laughs> for ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah, Back to Skull, it's a great, I mean, it's an interesting title because they're not really going, I guess, I mean, they didn't, they never went away from Skulls. Like one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the last songs on Apollo 18 is all, is Turn Around about a human skull on the ground. Yeah. So there was barely a break from Skulls before going back to Skulls, but I'm probably looking too much into the, (laughs) what they're saying here. 
But uh, this was, uh, you know, sort of like with the Why Does the Sunshine single, this was another one of their early previews of them with the full band, yeah. right? On the back, it says uh, John Henry will be in stores 9-13-94. So, yeah, this, this was before that. We've got a preview of some of the kids on from John Henry and the art. I'm guessing that's why it was back to skull also because like the kids were on the cover of John Henry makes you think of school. Oh my God. See, that's funny. I didn't even think of that yeah. with the kids. That's see, that, isn't that funny? Well, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it all works together so well. Um, speaking of the cover, yeah. I, I've been really wanting to play this for a while. You've been sitting on this. I've got a little, we've got a, a little bit more of our interview with Scarlett Kim, who happens to be the cover model mm-hmm. on Back to Skull as a little kid. Yeah. We talked to her in our first John Henry episode, yeah. but I left out the part about Back to Skull yeah. because now is the time. It was a revelation. It was so exciting. I mean, just you'll hear she didn't yeah. know. She didn't, she's not a They Might Be Giants fan strictly. So she didn't know this existed. So we show it to the Zoom camera. We show her. You'll hear her reaction. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a lot of information in this part. It's mostly just uh, her surprise. And it's, it's just, just real human feelings, people. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Is that Um, allowed anymore? Come on. Yeah. So here it is. Here's more of our interview with Scarlett Kim, cover model of Back to Skull. So what I wanted to ask you, this is, to me, this is the more exciting thing, which is you're on, you're the cover of their single, Back to Skull. And I don't even know if you know that. I did not know that. Okay, wow. so this is this is like a very beloved. Oh my god! Album. I did not know that. <gasps> wow. Whoa. Yeah, and the back is is more from more photos from that. I shoot. remember that shoot too. That one. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Was I remember that part? Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, there you are on. You're on the CD too. See. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I was actually wondering, like, when I was preparing for this interview, I was like, "Well, if she's not like a diehard They Might Be Giants fan, oh my God, I didn't even know she might not know about. It's kind of a rare, yeah. you know, release. That's so great. I, because I, I was kind of disappointed because like, I, I was like, I wanted to know. I didn't have the proofs of like the actual album, so I had to buy just the album itself. So yeah, I, I only thought that I was on the back cover because I wasn't even in. I was blurry on the inside as well, so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so cool yeah. to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold it up again. Yeah, it's it's great. You, and you Jordan's probably gonna fi- send you his copy. I know. <laughs> you could so you could cool. probably find it on eBay. Honestly, okay, I'll try like, to you, find you it. should grab it. I was just about to say I remember that scene, but because mm-hmm. the guy was like on the step, like the ladder, yeah. and he was like filming us above. I I love that part because we were just watching him take photos from us, and we were just. Like doing running, jumping up and down, and like each uh-huh. carrying us. But the whole time, I wouldn't like go of the skull because I was like, <laughs> just felt so privileged with it. So yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I totally get it. Oh my god, that's so awesome, Jordan. That makes me feel so great to <laughs> see that. Oh, that's great. Oh, this is a this is a great podcast moment. Oh my god, <laughs> we um, call that podcast dynamite. That that's uh, oh my god. That's when I was like. Super thin and small and everything. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Like thirty years ago too, but yeah, I didn't realize I was the back to skull girl. But it's crazy. I'm so so upset that I didn't. They never really (laughs) sent that information to us. Like. You know, just we got to get know. her one. Come on. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to get you one. <laughs> well, and it's funny because the girl on the cover of John Henry, she's like over there yeah. on the back to skull. You know, I mean, like no one, no one can take this away from you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
We're back. Uh, since she what? was so surprised uh, about the cover, uh, it was actually a few days later she remembered more about that part of the shoot mm-hmm. and jumping for the skull. So she actually sent us just some audio of her talking about it to us. So I'm just going to play what she sent us. This is Scarlett Kim reminiscing more on that aspect of the shoot. Alrighty. Please enjoy. And thank you, Scarlett, for the extra yeah. going 110% for us. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, about the the photo of Back to Skull, uh, that one. I remember that photo being taken. I remember him being on a ladder, the foldable, like, you know, step ladder where you, you, know, you open it up. And he took him out. And then I think they hung the skull on, like, piano wires or something. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like hanging above above us and kind of all of us were kind of uh below it like jumping up and down and he took photos from above us like as we were just like up and down like just trying to catch it but I remember myself taking a while being underneath it the the longest I think um because you know I was the girl who was holding the skull throughout the photo shoot so that was my prop you know that was my thing so I remember just being underneath it like just uh, jumping up and down he was like pulling it up and down and I was just trying to catch it and and I was just laughing and it was just kind of funny trying to catch it I mean I mean I'm not sure if it was piano strings but it was something that was just holding it up but it was just a way to kind of make it look like it was away from me but it was fun because I remember just trying to catch it and it was just away from me but I did remember feeling a little jealousy when the other kids got to have a chance to also kind of jump up and down from it so because it was like that's my prop that was my thing the whole time and I didn't get to so when the other kids get to play with it too I was like no it's not fair it's mine (laughs) but you know I was eight or nine so of course it's like you know kids jealousy It's it's a little silly thing at the time so a little bit more about the background this was not recorded during those john henry sessions in other words this is these songs these b-sides were not re- uh, produced by paul fox um which you can kind of tell they, i was they, gonna say you can they're yeah. they're very different sounding um the whole thing to me is like so different from john henry in a lot of ways i had to double check that it was still the live band yeah it, i think some of it isn't yeah we'll talk about that it sounds a bit sample to me no i think uh, that yeah well um it's done by Pat Dillett, who became sort of their regular mm-hmm. go-to producer in, in recent uh, decades, <laughs> uh, years. But um, yeah, I think this this might have been done. I mean, I'm honestly not even positive if this was done during the John Henry demos. Just a little uh, context. So the one thing John Flansburg said in a Q&A thing, he said, those tracks were made at different sessions. So in some ways, they don't have quite instant continuity. I think more of the John Henry demo sessions. So even he thinks that. But to me, these don't sound like the John Henry demo sessions either. Mm-mm. Like that has a kind of specific production sound. Yeah. So I wonder if this was some other side, like extra day or some other thing. When I was re-listening, they, they sound like they belong together for sure. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. don't sound like they're even in the same era as John Henry. No, I know. To me. I agree. Um, to me, these sound, and this is why I love this so much. To me, this reminds me of early yeah. classic TMBG, totally. but with a more of a beefed up full band sound. Yeah. You know, I, I agree, Jordan. Which is like kind of what John Henry could have been if they had these songs on there and maybe a few other things left off. I think a huge example of this phenomenon is Factory Showroom coming up, where they really kind of, we'll get to this, but mm-hmm. they they cut out a lot of more 
like weird songs, weird songs yeah. and made a more cohesive album. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's the thing I have a lot of opinions on or sure. questions about. So yeah, um, one, uh, to continue this Flansburg quote, though, this is sort of about all these songs. He goes, a track like She Was a Hotel Detective might have bugged Paul Fox, <laughs> who, in my honest opinion, was looking to make a more legit, straight-ahead rock album. Personally, I wish we had worked a little longer on On Dean. I'm not in love with the recording or the arrangement, and I think that could have been a much better song done differently. Mm-hmm. So speaking of On Dean, let's just jump right to it. Let's do it. Track two, let's do it to it. it. Track two, uh, because track one is Snail Shell. We could talk about that again if you want. Yeah, I have 30 more minutes on Snail Shell. Uh, Did you know snails uh, love to fuck? No, just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I think we already talked about that. (laughs) Um, Track two, On Dean. behind was an unloaded gun and my face is blushing from all Good lyrics. I, I love the lyrics. I, there's actually some things I, I never really realized about the lyrics until today. Um, I just want to talk right off the bat about that intro. Mm-hmm. You've got this Linnell on the organ and you've got this kind of um, clattering mm-hmm. percussion. I actually emailed Brian Doherty because I was like, what is this? Yeah. And he responded. He responded really fast. He's really nice. All right. Brian Doherty, he was the drummer during this time, in case people don't know. Brian Doherty says, hey, I honestly do not recall this part. <laughs> However, wait, I'm u- this is useful. Well, I'm on a laugh. <laughs> However, you don't know me. to me, it really sounds like it's the rim of a snare drum. Yeah. In other words, sticks on the rim of a snare drum and then overdubbed of the same part on a separate track to give the effect of more than one. And then he says, it sounds like I overdubbed sticks on a tambourine. That's interesting, too. Mm. Maybe he might be right. I think that he sounds like it. He would know. Something yeah, like I, I almost thought it sounded like bike spokes or something, like yeah. a bicycle wheel with stuff in it. Or You thought they brought a bike into the studio? I thought they brought a bike. It. That's mm. right. Like Beatles, they brought like a, or Brian Wilson, they brought a bunch of crazy shit in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> People mm. dressed as uh, mice and stuff. I don't know. You saw that video. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that <laughs> documentary. <laughs> Well, I'll say this, Flansburg had said he, he wasn't happy with how the song came out. And I have another quote from him. There's like- that a says he was very happy. There's just, it was, a, I don't know if this was a Tumblr or something else, but I, he, someone says, have there ever been any songs you put out as B-sides that you later wished were on the album proper? And Flansburg's one response was, I wish we could do On Dean again. Yeah. That to me says that he thinks the song is really good, hmm. but that not the recording is very good. Um, I, I love it. I love yeah. this song. I don't know what the problem is. I guess it's pretty straightforward. There's nothing too, too crazy, but a lot of John Henry is, is like that. Um, maybe it doesn't sound big enough. Yeah. It sounds big to me, especially when the chorus comes in. Right. Or, I mean, I'm, maybe I have like low standards to me. It sounds big. I, maybe like they could have overdubbed more like Linnell's just doing his organ thing mm-hmm. and there's nothing too like out of the box. But it, it really works. I love the percussion, the the hi-hat going on. To me, this is a very highly successful recording. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of fans agree with that. It's like, I remember back in the day, everyone loved this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Not to th- throw <laughs> a, a bomb into the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stink bomb. 
more like well i mean that's what i always do that opinion is stinky it's it's good i definitely think it's a b-side i don't think it would have fit on john henry yeah Um, i I agree about all these songs yeah yeah but there's even i i think out of the three i'm not counting the remix (laughs) we'll get to that yeah i don't know i i like miss train better i like i i like she was a hotel detective better wow yeah here's what i like um i love the vibe and I love that that there's a consistency with this and she was a hotel detective, which is like, we're kind of in like film noir yeah. land. We're in on TCM. We're in noir alley. I don't I know think if I you've like, ever seen that. Uh, when they do a block of film noirs, it's called noir alley. Oh. And they have this host to talk about film noirs. So this is the host in black and white. <laughs> Yes, that's true. He has like window shades lit permanently, up, like oh, yeah, yeah, permanently tattooed on his face. Um, I like these lyrics the best. I think let's let's talk about the lyrics, Joe. All right. <laughs> I thought um, you would have learned my name by now, but okay. I it's Joe or Jim is one yeah, of those. Jim. The, so here's something I noticed right away about the lyrics: the POV or the oh man, a grammar person would know what to say here. It constantly goes to he's saying you to Andine, but mm. then she oh. about Andine. And I don't know if this, I mean, Flansburg. I think that's I, illegal. <laughs> I think Flansburg's uptight enough about his lyrics that he knows that he did that. Sure. Because that's a very specific, like I, I do this a lot in lyrics or even writing any, I've done, you know, when you like if you're part of a convention or a, something and they're like, oh, we need a bio from you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like on my website, I didn't know what to do because I was like, Jordan has grew yeah, up you in speak Queens, to yourself and then I'm like, in the third person. But then I say, I, I'll be like, I did this, I did that. I do that on our podcast descriptions yeah. all the time, where I go, where I'm like, Dave and Jordan discuss Destination Moon. First, we uh, say this, and then we say that. And I'm like, it kind of right. breaks that too. So I, I don't know. Well, what, you're a fuck up. <laughs> I don't know what it. Uh, maybe I'm just a rebel. Um, I don't know if it if it has some sort of thematic meaning to the song, like the narrator is displaced, and mm-hmm. first he's he's alive, and then he's dead. He's alive and dead. He's 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 right in front of Andine talking to her. Then he's talking yeah. about her to someone else. You know what I mean? Right. It's like Lost. It's time jumping. <laughs> it's just like you know Lost. that show Lost. Yeah, I remember the character yeah. Andine, one of the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, if anyone wants to know my opinion on Lost. No. I actually think it's underrated these days. It seems a little forgotten, and I loved the f- last episode. Yeah. And I thought it was consistently great from I, beginning to I end. I thought it was great, too. Everyone I know loved the last episode, and then you, the internet hates it. And I'm like, I didn't understand how come everyone I know loved it? It was exactly like all the other episodes. I know, yeah, except it was like bigger except, and more exciting. Except ending. Had a great, had some great twists. Maybe you could have cut off stuff. that very, spoiler alert, maybe you could have cut off that very last shot to not confuse people. The last, last shot after the credits. You know the one I'm talking about. I forgot about that. See, that, I think, messed everybody up. Wow, interesting. But I think once something's like after credits, (laughs) it's like, don't take it too serious. Yeah, I thought it was just like a little goodbye. Yes. A little goodbye moment. Sorry, I'm just remembering. I had to like explain the ending to someone. Well, Lost is such a big, whatever it comes up, I have to, it's hard not to talk about it for 20 minutes. But anyway, sorry. What, yeah, so he's it's like sort of jumping not from POV, but just like who you're who the narrator is talking to, and I th- I think there's something to that, and, and I know Flansburg and Linnell too, like they they would be aware that they were doing this. Tell me what you like about the lyrics, what you think of the lyrics, what's the story, Morning Glory. I, well, I think it's consistent with a lot of Flansburg, uh, you know, love lost, yeah, uh, femme fatale character mm. songs. And this and Hotel Detective yes. are the femme fatale. Yeah. 
And, you know, you know a guy is uh, scorned and screwed over. He scored, then he scorned. <laughs> right? um, mixed with that noir setting yeah. that you mentioned. Because we've got the jazzy hi-hat. Mm-hmm. Snake jazz, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's got all these kind of, and the guitar chords are just these kind of dark minor chords and like. Yeah, see, I don't like the jazzy hi-hat thing that much. Really? Why not? I just, I don't know. I just don't. Gives you flashbacks to your jazz years. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like that hi-hat pattern too much. Well, I'm gonna call Brian right now. <laughs> I'm sure he was told to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I love it. I, I yeah. think that's great. So my face is blushing. I remember back in the news group days online or somewhere, people were like, "That means is he was shot in the face and he's mm-hmm. all bloody or exploded. His face is exploded." Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's kind of a play on words. Possibly. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not obvious, but it's like possibly indicating that his face is red. Mm-hmm. You know, like. There's something creepy. There's something like very unsettling about the use of that yeah. word when it seems like, so it seems like the song is from the point of view of a corpse. Yeah, a like, man who was murdered. Like, you'll miss me. Yeah. Or it's from the point of view of someone who was like, she tried to kill and he's still kicking. Narrowly got away. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. It's funny because I was rereading the lyrics with that in mind. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing quite definitive on either thing. Sure. I lean towards a like corpse it. because it's Flansburg. Right. But. It might be that he's still kind of, there's some lines that are like because he's like finish what you started. Sure. So it's like, oh, maybe he is still Maybe he's like get double killed. Also, like that line, my face is blushing is disturbing because if that's not how you would describe getting murdered. You're just like, oh, that's a whoopsie. Like Yeah, there's something eerie about yeah, it's I mean creepy. Flansburg can be like a very eerie, creepy lyricist. Yeah. So here, yeah, it says Andine, you won. All she left behind was an unloaded gun. You see what I mean? Like yeah, that's a very talking to her, and then he's talking to someone else. And he's about talking about her. her. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of. But you know what? Camera one, to me, camera two. <laughs> that's right. To me, that captures how people kind of talk and think. And like, yeah. I, I'm a little all over the place. Sure, and I'm a little, a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I, I to me that feels more truthful in a yeah. weird way because that's kind of how I talk. I, I don't have a good. Uh, Speech, brain? <laughs> speech way. <laughs> um, My brain isn't good anymore. So you couldn't miss that girl. I mean, I feel like that's almost a pun, like missing someone like romantically. Mm-hmm. But or but also he seems he seems to be implying that like she stands out because mm-hmm. here she comes. Like yeah, it's a double. Oh, it's, well, a, it's a double. <laughs> <laughs> double tr- double trouble. They should have named this song "Double Trouble." Yeah. Um, or do you think that's actually a, a triple entendre? Triple trouble. Because uh, that actually uh, is a more uh, alliteration. Triple trouble. The the bullet missing him. She couldn't miss. You know. That's the thing. This yeah. there's, there's a lot. I mean, I there's not tons of lyrics this song, but it, yeah, I, there's a lot of interesting stuff like that where you're like, oh, he's saying a phrase that like could mean a lot of different yeah. things. Let's talk a, a bit about. We didn't really go over this. On Dean, the, the name. So. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to this. We have Flansburg talking a little bit about it. In 1993, they performed the song only a couple times. I wish I saw that. I'd like to see it. Why not? Why not? I paid my dues. Yeah. This is a brand new song. Uh, it's called Andine, which is a French name for a woman, but it's just a name. <laughs> That's kind of an anti-explanation, hmm. saying it's not anything special. He did say also about Andine, 
I went to college with a woman by that name, but the character in the song is fictitious. Yeah, I mean, he's just pulling from, I mean, it's definitely like if you're a songwriter and you you hear a cool name, that's obviously like a good uh, starting point, right, for a song. And Andine is like, for a while, I didn't even know it was a name. Like, I didn't know what the hell. When I, I was, I've never heard when that. When I name. heard this song when I was like 14 or whatever, like, I didn't know what the hell. I think he was it's saying. bullshit. I don't think anyone's named Andine. Andine. I didn't want to make this episode too crazy and obsessive like there, there's all these other things about on dean like there's books and there's yeah. movies and like i don't think he's if he says it's he knew a woman named yeah. on dean to me that's basically it like i don't i don't feel like he's pulling from all those other things so i feel like i don't want to do the destination moon thing where i named 500 no, things neither do i yeah 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 so i just want to talk more about the the guts of the song the chorus doesn't happen for a while actually mm-hmm. but so the, the next verse back up, run over my body with your pickup truck. To me, this, and it's also the way he sings it. To me, this kind of gives it a countryish feel, mm-hmm. right? Or I don't know, like a farmer or a construction guy, or just like, I don't know, it gives more of a blue collar feel, a pickup yeah. truck. Well, there's um, a lot of reverb on his vocals. Yes. Like a lot. I don't know if that was an intentional. Does he, d- does he know? <laughs> we someone should tell him. <laughs> Maybe How that's the thing he doesn't like about the arrangement. Well, that makes it more country, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, saying pickup truck is like a big, like, I don't think Flansburg owns a pickup truck, but um, if Andine owns a pickup truck, then that kind of goes against my image of this French, I don't know, yeah. maybe I'm just stupid and stereotypical. When I think of a French woman, I think of like a, from like a Godard yeah. movie or something like a... A little scooter. What? A scooter, not a pickup <laughs> or truck. Or a bicycle, yeah. yeah. Like, no, I just think of an a artsy, baguette? yeah, French woman with like a cigarette and right. being like a, like a femme fatale kind of murder, uh-huh. murderess, right? Murderess. But if it's just some woman with a pickup truck, yeah. and what is she, like hauling like logs or something, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> or whatever people put, like sometimes- Hauling logs. Sometimes there's a dog in the- That always worries yeah. me when- Logs and dogs. I saw recently a, a dog in the back of a pickup really? truck. No, but it's scary. I'm like, it could just jump off. I'm always not, worried about that. Not if he's a good boy. <laughs> um, it's been a while, folks. Finish what you started because I'm done. This, So this is interesting. I used to think it was I searched the whole world over. Yeah, I thought it's so too. It's not, Dave. I know. I searched the whole room over yeah. to find these words. Um, what does that mean? To me, that gave me the idea of like when cops are like looking for evidence in a room, right? Like that, like a, they're kind of like searching the whole room over, turning things over, looking everywhere, this and that. Um, and he repeats it later in the song too, which is, I think makes it kind of emphasized. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's funny. I, I think I misheard that for a lot of my, yeah, me my too. years and I double checked. Yeah. I searched the whole room over. I mean, it's definitely like, I think it's like he wants you to think he's going to say, I searched the whole world over. Right. But I searched this the song's whole... about Carmen San Diego. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> I, it's funny you say that because I used to kind of picture her. Yeah, we this, cracked the case. This is about Carmen San Diego. Well, the next song too. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is that these two songs really go together. Maybe Mrs. Train is Carmen San Diego. I think also. she is too. Wow. I know. Um, Dean, back up. Run over my body with your pickup truck and. By the way, I love, I mean, I think it's a great song, like the, the way the chords change, like, and finish, which you start it. Like, I don't know, it always gets me going. It's like just, yeah. a, to me, it's like a perfect, catchy, they might be giant song that I, that I feel like you could play for anybody and, and they'd 
find it enjoyable. I don't know, though. That's just my point of view. Speaking of catchy, yeah, the chorus is great. It's such a killer chorus. The chorus is very good, yeah. I had this. So the chorus is. Which is perspective again. It's right. It's quoting her. And she's talking, you would assume, to to him, to the narrator. There's a lot of back and forth here. So, And she's saying, I had a dream that I killed you again. Again. Yeah. So she thinks, and maybe she thinks correctly, that she killed the narrator, but she's haunted by him in dreams. But he's relaying this to us. I don't get it, man. It's really, yeah, it's funny. It's it's kind of like a, it's almost like a weird first draft of, of a story yeah. where you're like, wait, 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 let's hammer yeah. some of this out. Or it is like dream logic kind yeah. of stuff where the point of view keeps changing and you're like, wait, did that happen? Did I dream it happened? It's what I love about song lyrics as an art form as c- compared to other things. Because, uh, I mean, you can do stuff like that in, in books or movies or whatever, but there, there's something about song lyrics where you're not expected to tell the whole story you just need you need a catchy chorus and some verses but like you could you could really hint at things and not be like this is one of those great examples of that yeah it's about the mood and hotel detective coming up is sort of a very detailed like elaborate story it's almost the the opposite of that but with gaps missing there is gaps there's some gaps that you fall into there's gaps jerry fall into the gap fall into the gap um the, the other thing in the percussion that is interesting about the song is there's like a shake. There's shakers. Mm-hmm. You ever hear that? And they're doing, um, I don't know what the exact six, eight time or whatever. They're going like. You better not talk about time signatures. Well, okay. Well. Got a little hot water. So if you listen for during the chorus and stuff, you've got shakers like shake, 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 shake. But they're doing like one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, which I think gives it the song that kind of interesting different feel. It's not like a pop song exactly. Let's Can we hear that? Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to the chorus. I want to hear these goddamn shakers. Got to hear the shakers. That you're talking about. This is big news. Shakers. Yes. Oh, I hear him, baby. Yeah, I, I, love, I think it's it's a subtle... I mean, it's like Flansburg says he doesn't like the arrangement of the song, but I, I like these subtle things like mm-hmm. that. It's not overworked, it, but there's enough interesting there to, you know, make it like a different kind of sound for them. You've got Graham Maybe on bass. Um, there's no, like, guitar riffing. It's just these big chords, mm-hmm. right, from Flan. He's the only guitarist. He's just doing some chords. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's like, oh, what about a riff? Or I don't know. Yeah. But um, except at the end, there's a riff at the end, actually. But um, I love in the chorus, since we're talking about that, Linnell's harmony is great. It's like he sometimes does these harmonies that in them in themselves are kind of creepy sounding. And like it's kind of like a it's like a lower kind of I don't know. There's like a a scariness to Mm -hmm. it. Like it fits like the scary vibe of the chorus. You couldn't even take away a souvenir of what's left of that Third verse. Yeah. So this to me goes back to that evidence, like police looking for evidence. Oh yeah. Andine was here. Then you. And then it goes to you again. Yeah. You couldn't even take away a souvenir of what's left of that swinger she used to call me that. So he's the swinger, yeah. which could imply that he cheated. Sure. And that's why she killed him. 
or it was just a cute nickname she gave him because he's like so monogamous, you know, like, oh, <laughs> you swinger. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's funny. I used to think she he was saying that singer. Oh. And then I was like, oh, this is personal. It's like someone Flansburg dated who used to be like, call him that uh, singer. But it's it's not yeah. that. <laughs> so never mind. But I used to think that's what he was saying. Um, I love that line, too, because, you know, a, a beguiling woman would have that playful nickname yeah. for someone where you just like can't get it out of your mind. It's the pet name thing. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. It's a truthful thing. In like, life. hey, tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, meatball. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my pet name. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not as flattering. Yeah. Pet names are hard. They got to yeah. be, they can't be, they, they got to be, face. there's got to be a little <laughs> negging to them. Yeah, they can't be too flattering. Teasing. Yeah. Teasing. That's right. The art of teasing is lost in today's generation. Yeah. Everyone's, because if you tease someone, they freak the fuck out. Yeah. Um, anyway. Bunch of fucking babies. That's right. <laughs> so then he says, I, you know, so after the souvenir line, he says again, I searched the whole room over. So there is this sense of like, maybe there's some clue or piece of evidence mm-hmm. that'll make this all make sense. Uh, uh, he doesn't mention like cops at all or anything like that or some sort of investigation, but I always picture it, you know, like I always think of that. There's a piece missing. There's a piece, piece of a puzzle. I, I couldn't even... Take, so yeah, wait, let me let me reread this again. So I guess her, him saying you couldn't take away a souvenir must, must mean that, it, I mean, that could mean they're all, it's all still there, or it could mean that someone got rid of it, or maybe she got rid of it and came back and couldn't find <laughs> Well, look, it says, help me. Of what's left of that swinger, she used to call me that. So that's of what's left of him. Yeah. So she dissolved his body in acid. Oh, so you think it's about it, his his body no and not evidence. like his stuff, yeah. you know. Could be that too. Like Maybe a gun. cement shoes. He, he's drowned in the river. You'll never find him. Wow. Does that work, cement shoes? I'll tell you, off mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's always, that used to terrify me. As, cement? As a way to die. Yeah, cement. It's really hard <laughs> to go outside. No, like just as a way to... Just drowning is scary yeah. to me, but the cement shoes part of it is so scary. I mean, I don't know too many good ways of dying, to be honest. Unless it's like the Benny Hill thing of just like... <laughs> chased by a bunch of chased women. Chased by a bunch of women who kill you. I don't know. <laughs> like burning at the stake. That's like, bad. That's horrific. That's bad. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> yeah. I, I give it I give it one. One wow. star. Um, but yeah, cement shoes is probably um, a scare. Well, you know, that's why they use it. It's not meant to uh, make you feel good. You know, it's, it's a not, threat. <laughs> it's not in the mob when you're, yeah. if you're working your way up and they're like, oh, you're promoted. Here, yeah. have these cement shoes. They're great. Takes me 10 hours <laughs> to get anywhere, but. <laughs> it's like kids in the hall, Mr. Heavyfoot. You no. ever see those? No. Oh, that's great. I'm sorry. Uh, I you, ruined the flow. You love it. No, you're in the flow. I'm you're, in you it. make the flow, baby. I'm in it. Up to my eyeballs. I think we're done with Undine. I mean, <laughs> maybe. What, what else is there to say? I, I, yeah. I truly, I love the ending riff. Whatever that That's, chord is, that a ninth, a minor ninth, a major seventh? Who knows? We what may is never this? know. What is this? A music podcast? I don't fucking know. And that chord really hammers home the noir, yeah, '40s aspect of it. It really is. I wonder if there was any specific film that Flansburg watched, or maybe just just that kind of. I think that's how Casablanca ended. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, just that kind of combination of like growing up in, because, you know, people like us, before we even watched film noir, Good we, we knew like, you know, they fucking parodied it on like Tiny Tunes and shit. Yeah. And we knew like all that stuff. But now I actually watch film noirs all the time with Kristen. Yes, and you've grown up. TCM. That's right. Now I know the, the stuff. Now you know. You know, it's a good one. Laura is a great one. And uh, uh, oh, the other one, the one about the insurance scam. Uh it starts with an I. Insurance scam. Insurance scam. The movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait. Double indemnity. Double, yeah, that's it. It starts with a it D. Well, there's an I an later in it. There's an I in a lot of words. Well, double indemnity <laughs> is the sequel to indemnity. So <laughs> talking about indemnity. Oh. Anyway, that was on Dean. Hey, what do you think of on Dean? Hey. Email us at don't let's start podcast at gmail.com. We do read emails and I, I do want to do a letter. I just responded to one today. That's fantastic. Um, I did my job. <laughs> we'll do a, I want to do more letterboxed, another episode of that. It was fun. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> we're buried people. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, we're after John Henry, we've got a little bit of some open time. A little bit of letterbox. A little bit of letterbox in my life. <laughs> Anyway, the next song, track three on Back to Skull, no parentheses, she was a, still no parentheses, hotel detective. Let's do it to it. She was a whole detective. Wow. This is a wow. wow. I can't believe it. This is a fun song. It's a really fun song to talk about. Yeah. I'm curious what Dave thinks of this song. I like um, it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you like it? Hey, here's something Kristen asked me. Which do you like more? The original recipe or Disco Inferno? What about she was a hotel detective in the future? We'll talk about that. I think I like that one the best. Really? <laughs> I don't like that song. <laughs> it's a weird I'm song. I'm sorry. I was disappointed um, in that one. No, but let's, I, let's I, talk about this one. Yeah. I like the original better. Really? Um, yeah. Well, it's funny because the original, this and Ondine all feel like the same movie or something. Yeah. It's it's really, it's it's quite a vibe. This song doesn't seem like Linnell is singing any part of it until the chorus. <laughs> really? it, uh, the, the, uh, the other chorus. Yeah, because he's singing really deeply. And then really high. Really high. And I feel like both voices don't nor- even sound like him. Yeah, yeah until he's, it's normal. He's doing the whole yeah. spectrum here. So yeah, this this song is probably what you were alluding to. This this sounds like a like a home kind of a not a demo because it's you've got Brian on drums. Yeah. But Linnell did say he kind of cooked this up at home, I think. Mm-hmm. And and there's no one listed on bass. Uh, so I feel like it's either synth bass or it's like Flansburg. Yeah. Sometimes Flansburg plays bass, which we learned about in Apollo 18. Sure. Um, so I, it feels like it's like, oh, let's just like make this song with each other. I like the bass. Brian, the bass is great. Um, <laughs> I love the bass. Yeah, I'm interested in if it's re- it sounds real, right? It, it, it sounds, does. Are you sure there's no bass player now? It's, I look at the back of Back to Skull. You can hear the little snappy thing again. You got Graham, maybe, on tracks two and four. Wow. Tony Maimomi on one and five. No one on three. Ghost bass. Ghost bass. <laughs> Coming to a That's theater my favorite uh, rapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So let, let's talk about like what's going on with the song. This this is actually there's a meaty. This might be a meaty segment. All right. Uh, for all my meatballs out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was not intentional. That just my mouth just did that. Uh, no, I, I said meatballs and Dave got hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never eaten a meatball. Can oh. you believe it? I've you eaten don't know fake. What you're I've eaten the Beyond meatballs. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing. Sure. 
<laughs> Listen, people, don't eat beyond whatever. That's garbage food, too. I've heard that. I've heard that. Just, you know, I... I well, I think of it I as a treat. I respect the vegetarian thing, whatever, but, but don't try to eat something that's not. Yeah. Don't eat what's not. You know, <laughs> that's what I... On my tombstone. <laughs> Dave's, my, Dave's always like, don't do what's not. Do what's not is not. <laughs> do first what's speech. not is. <laughs> anyway, okay, wow, let's focus. Um, she was a hotel detective. The parentheses are gone. Here's something that's I, I've always been like kind of fascinated by and, and kind of like blown away by. It's like the first one has mm. that has she was a in parentheses, yeah, implying that there's like there's a story beyond that's that first song right it, with parentheses being she was like so mm-hmm. the, the the first hotel detective maybe we talked about this but probably not when we discussed the first that's one. that's when we were young yeah <laughs> um the and first happy. one the song is in the present tense because she's a yes hotel detective but the the title gives it an air of like oh there's more to this story that happens both in the future and the past you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah so like all Linnell had to do was take away the parentheses and you've got like, and now here's the, the like, it's almost like Star Wars episode four can, sure. comes out, right? It's like, All oh. Right, now I'm back on track. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I zoned out for a minute there. (laughs) Lasers, Dave. So yeah, so what I think is is interesting about what Linnell did here, and I have a a feeling, I mean, I think it'd be kind of funny he surprised Flansburg with this, like, hey, look what I did to your song, you know? Right. Um, Is that, yeah, he, he kind of like, he didn't he didn't dig too far to get to this place where there's like the uh someone's reminiscing about this hotel detective because that was already implied yeah in the first song is that you were seeing kind of someone reminiscing about it or something sure. it, it's a really interesting um thing that they did yeah that almost makes me feel like it was planned but I don't think it was there's <laughs> no way that it could have been planned yeah um though you know it's bizarre I, I always think about this lately too with with how time is passing like this is like 93, 94. Mm-hmm. That's not that far from 1986, their first album. That's like less than sure. 10 years. Whereas now, 10 years of TMG albums feels like the same year. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. like I like fun and and book and join. Like to me, that feels like the same freaking few years of TMBG. Whereas this was like this massive. Right. Uh, well, because they're not as formidable years. Yeah, yeah, and I guess yeah, they're so different. Like they really change with all the different producers and stuff. Like yeah. it, it changed so much between. But albums. in your mind too, in your perspective. Yeah. Did I freak you out? It's like yeah, it's too disturbing. The last ten years of our lives were not formidable. No, they we're, were. We're done. We're fully cooked. Yeah. This is as good as it gets. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Is that bad? It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let's talk more about. Uh, I want to talk about something they said about this song. Um, about the idea behind the sequel song. Let's talk about the sequel song. So one of the things they said in one of their old Q&As, this song was an attempt at a follow-up song in the tradition of Peggy Sue Got Married and Let's Twist Again. I just wanted to play some clips for you, Dave. Right. This is the most clip-heavy part, I think. Um, I thought the follow-up to Peggy Sue Got Married was Peggy Sue Got Divorced. <laughs> no, so Peggy Sue Got Married Literally. is the follow-up. So here, let, let me let me go through this. So first, you had Chubby Checkers with the twist. Let's listen to that. Come on, baby. Let's do the twist. Come on, baby. So then you have, I, I thought this was weird and funny. Then you have like the very uh, unnecessary, perhaps pandering sequel 
Let's twist again. <laughs> and tell me, Dave, po- tell me if you can tell the difference. Let's dif- do the, the twist again. The difference between the two songs. <laughs> Spot the difference. Okay. Hey, you got to shoot your shot. <laughs> you know, if there's gold in them hills, <laughs> yeah. you got to pan for it. It's so funny to me. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, oh, we need to think of a new dance. Like <laughs> these kids with their milkshakes, yeah. <laughs> they love this twist. And then he's like, ah, oh, the they're always shaking with the, their milk. The the shimmy, <laughs> <laughs> the bump, <laughs> the oh, let's just twist again. Yeah, fuck it. I want to go home. <laughs> Yeah. I imagine that's how music is created. It's just yeah. a big boardroom of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they get the memo out to the musicians. Another one they shouted out was Peggy Sue, and yeah. Peggy Sue got married. This is another in the tradition of the sequel song. I actually find this to be a very dark and funny sequel song, and I could see she this appealing. Murdered. I could see this appealing to They Might Be Giants, because the first Peggy Sue has, like, one lyric, mm. and it's just, like, Peggy Sue, etc. L- listen to this. Who cares about this Peggy Sue, by the way? Sorry, go ahead. So it's, yeah, pretty simple, very simple love song. By the way, it's Buddy Holly, obviously. By the way. So it's just a super simple song with barely any lyrics. It's just like, oh, Peggy Sue, uh, I'm I'm into you and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And then a a few years later... You got Peggy Sue got married, and yeah. it's kind of like a sad sequel. Let's listen Couple to that. Rugrats. You recall a girl that's been in nearly every song. This is what I heard. Of course, the story could be wrong. She's the one I've been told. Well, she's wearing a band of gold. Peggy Sue got married not long ago. To have like these these like fifties love songs and then have another one where he's like fuck she got married <laughs> like oh, it's just I don't know that is kind of a novel interesting thing to do and I could see that might be giants they kind of do the same thing with Hotel Detective where they kind of yeah. give a dark I mean if you read the lyrics in sure. the way I I am like kind of a dark uh, you know Empire Strikes Back uh, sort of a sequel to I'm just trying to relate to Dave here uh, <laughs> like to Hotel Detective. Also, uh, I thought it was interesting with the I Want to Twist Again is like a sample in the Istanbul remix. I just have to mention oh. that. I like connecting all these weird threads. Yeah, yeah I Want to Twist Again. Oh. So maybe that was on their mind because of that. I have no idea. Hmm. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So let's talk about the first verse. Nighttime Lady. Nighttime Lady. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Uh, that sounds like a pre-code uh, movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's one we've been meaning to watch called Night Nurse. Uh and it's Sexy. always like building lady and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also all night laundromats. 
Not a good, not a good place to be. Really? Have you? I've know. never used a laundromat. No, neither have I. <laughs> we're, I'm, we're very privileged. Yeah, yeah. That apartment living. Weirdly, in in um, Greenpoint, there's a laundromat that has really good ice cream. They have like a little of corner <laughs> with like really like with like real like soft serve ice cream or something. We got it once, and it was like, oh, it's a laundry laundry ice cream. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nighttime lady. She says maybe. In I don't the, know what that means. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you. Okay. By the way, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I have to shout out Chris Stengel back on the news group days wrote like a line by line interpret yeah. the song where he like outlined the story and it always stuck with me. So I, I think not really on purpose, but I think my brain kind of goes to that when sure. I think about this song. So what he said about this that I distinctly remember is like, it's like someone with a like going around with a photo like have you seen this this person uh-huh. uh, oh have you seen this woman uh come by here like we heard something happen and she's like oh maybe and then he goes wait one minute i've seen her she's a billionaire right. so it's like so it's the cops maybe the the new hotel detective like who's taken her place or whatever is like we're looking for this person he's like oh maybe i saw her like wait i did see her and it's like she's a yeah. billionaire is kind of i don't know if someone would say that but she says maybe yeah yeah so they're asking a woman. They're asking a woman in the laundromat. Yeah. In this, maybe who works there or who, uh, right. right. It's kind of like a classic, like detective thing, you know, yeah. that's um, what I assumed. I, I knew yeah. it the whole time. Yeah. I was being coy. <laughs> um, but no, I, well, let's just talk in general. Like I, I, about like, I love what Linnell's doing in this song is something he doesn't do too much where he's really telling you a story and he's, he's, he's like, you know, weaving a narrative in a very cinematic way it's not as tongue twistery mm-hmm. or or it's not as psychological. It's a little more like, let me tell you what happened to hotel detectives. Like, sit down, I'm gonna tell you a tale or whatever. Or maybe someone's in an interrogation room, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's kind of what the, the vibe is on. Well, you know too. what the twist is. Yeah. The person they're interviewing is her. No, I don't think so. I think so. I think she's wearing a mask. Maybe. Carmen San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Kaiser Sozo. You know, if Carmen San Diego just like took her hat off, no one would know. That's a good point. Where she, where she, she is wearing the most obvious outfit if you want to yeah. get away from someone. Well, I think it's it's her confidence. It's her it's her yeah. hubris, yeah. as they say. That's what makes her so sexy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would. I would. So then we've got the next part. And no, let's we'll talk about the arrangement a bit. Like I, I like the it's actually more of a sparse song than I realize. I if Flansburg's not playing bass, I don't know what he's doing in the song. Because mm-hmm. he's his vocals aren't in it and there's no guitar. Which surprises me because of the disco funk vibe. Mm-hmm. Like you'd think there'd be some like funk, di- you know, guitar going on, but it's really just piano and drums and bass for a lot of it. And then you've got some strings coming in. That's it. That's it, people. So yeah, in the in the first verse, the, though, you've got these bass piano notes like doing Linnell's melody with him, like do do yeah. do. It's like a cool sound. I love that. I always I always love the arrangement of the song. I mean, to me, this is one of those songs where I was just like, I just like connect to Linnell's songwriting style mm-hmm. and arrangement style, where I'm just like, it's just so fun. Like I could I could listen to the song like a hundred times in a row. It's just like it's very 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 fun yeah. and infectious. The thing that this seems to be obviously evoking is like the Bee Gees, right? Yeah. And I listened to a few Bee Gees songs today, and the one that kind of jumped out at me as like being very hotel detective-y is More Than a Woman. 
And like, sure. let's listen because here's the thing with the Bee Gees. Let's listen to the whole song. <laughs> yeah, no, not just yeah. the piece. Yeah, um, the, let's, I feel like dancing. This is what I want people to listen for. Obviously, their singing voices are these very high pitched voices, which is like I feel like that's basically only what Linnell's referencing. Unless there's uh-huh. a bunch of other disco bands that did that, I, I don't know. There's a disco revolution going on. <laughs> People join us for the disco revolution. This song is called She Was a Hotel Detective. Yes. But also like the arrangement where you've got those high strings going like, yeah. like these orchestral kind of string quartet yeah, or whatever. That very big. That's like very Bee Gees. And then there's like the tempo and the drum beat. So just listen to More Than a Woman a little. It's, it's swinging, man. Yeah, to me, what that a choice. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Why? What's funny, you ever listen to older Bee Gees? Like, they have stuff from the 60s. It's just like 60s music. Oh, really? It's really good, actually. And it's not like that at all. They, they like really. More than a woman. They just like really change. What a weird way to sing. But like, that's. So to me, it's like Linnell's. They're doing that thing that they used to do a lot in their classic early albums, which is kind of emulate a, yeah. a, a genre, but kind of make it a little funny and grotesque yeah. and well, a little Linnell's doing it. A little unnatural. Yeah. So Usually I want that's Flansburg. Here's the thing, how they did that. They said the recording is John Linnell's voice sped up and also formant shifted, which is kind of like electronic helium. So Dave, I did an example of this. I'm gonna play this for you. I did it in this project, our our recording here. I used for exactly what he did, formant okay. shifting. Okay. She was a hotel detective, but now she's gotten promoted. I don't think it was the money. She didn't care about expensive things. No furs or pearls or fancy cars or diamond rings. So I sang that totally normal. I just I went, mean, it just sounds like you. I, yeah, that's just my voice. No, I sang that as she was a hotel right. detective, you know, and I, I put Disturbing. it up. Disturbing. <laughs> it is. It's cool, though, because it's and, it, and mine doesn't sound as smooth as, as what they use. Sure. Um, I could probably if I spent more time on it, I could like make it not as warbly and shitty sounding. But yeah, so that, that's how he did it. It also says they sped it up, which is would probably help add to that. I feel like Linnell probably could have done it. Like we saw live ones, they were doing the song "They Might Be Giants," mm-hmm. and you can, and Linnell's harmonies are falsetto in that song. He's going like ooh, right. And I, and I remember seeing that live, and me like, whoa, he could. That's crazy. That's coming out of his voice. It doesn't uh, sound register. Doesn't sound like him. So I I bet he could have done it, but I think what he wanted was that eerie, sure, yeah. uh, that uh, it is eerie, uncanny valley feel of it, where it's like it sounds yeah. like something is off with those vocals. So she was a hotel detective. We're just going to have to say the lyrics to everybody. But now she's gotten promoted. Ah, the plot thickens. Yeah, just, just keep saying that for every line. 
I don't think it was the money. She didn't care about expensive things, no, yeah. et cetera. So that, that's interesting because that, that kind of dives wants the power. psychologically <laughs> yeah, into her. It wasn't about money. It was about maybe she- It was she never just, about the money. She just got tired of swinging like a bee from the top of a tree and all that shit. She, she yeah. is tired of the dumb, the dumb waiter monkeys and all that. Yeah. She wanted a better life. She didn't just want to look yeah. around in hotels for- Crimes. <laughs> well, I think she was seduced by all the uh, dark things that she saw. I think sometimes, she wanted to be on the other side of the law. Yeah, sometimes it's not. He's even, a dirty cop. Sometimes there's no reason except for the thrill and and just maybe you feel it's thankless. Your the thankless job. It is kind of like that was very Jewish. Maybe you'll feel it's thankless. <laughs> um, it's just your. You're helping people. Your people treat you like shit. You yeah. don't get paid. Mo- well, it's not about the money, but you know. Are you talking about me? <laughs> I'm talking about both. My, I think I'm talking about myself. <laughs> this song also, sorry, not to cut you off. It reminds me of Dick Tracy a lot. Yes. Just it's wanted to very say Very Dick Tracy. I don't know what character she would be, but she'd be hotel face, hotel, <laughs> hotel head. Uh, I'm, now I'm glad I said it. Yeah. She was a hotel So yeah, we've got the chorus. I lo- this is another just great, uh, sort of what I was saying before about Linnell's songwriting just appeals to me. Like this chorus is just so catchy and fun. Yeah. And 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 like you said, him doing his like normal register. Like, we're back, folks. Yeah. It's very, for some reason, it's like very sonically satisfying. It's reassuring. Yeah. It's like an old friend. That's right. It's like an old shoe. Yeah. It's like a warm. <laughs> it fits your feet really well. Cup of cocoa. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um. She was a hotel detective, but now she's better connected. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. That's the smoking gun right there. This, there's, this, they could have called this EP Smoking Gun. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I heard you. Bro, you know what I'm saying, Joe? <laughs> um, she didn't have to change anything. So this is interesting to me. Just the stencil on her window. So the, the, that just means, I guess her window was like, uh... Mrs. Maple, <laughs> Marple Maple, <laughs> hotel detective at your service. And now Did it's. Did you say Marple Maple is her name? That's like an old name, right? So her first name's Marple. <laughs> the marvelous Mrs. Marple. <laughs> Uh, the Marpolis Mrs. Mabel. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. It's been a while. We haven't recorded in a while. Marple's before. a good name for a kid. Yeah. Marple. Yeah. It's a go. beautiful name for a boy or a girl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or a boy. Um. So, anyway, she didn't have to change anything, which is interesting to me. It's like she's still doing the same things or she has all the same contacts. What do you think that means? I think she... Made a lot of connections to shifty characters mm. while going after them. And then she's like, you know what? I'm going to, can't beat them, join them. She's got a Rolodex of, so. Do people know what that even means anymore? No. <laughs> so it's like on the surface. It's an app. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's still above board, you know, but then yeah. at night, nighttime lady, you know. Yeah. She uh she meets with these ne'er do wells. She operates in the dark in the night yeah. in the skeezy skeevy. Are those all words? Skeezy it also reminds me of Batman the Animated Series. This, oh, this yeah, song's yeah. reminding me a lot of other things that I like. Well, that's funny because I said the Tiny Tunes thing before. I feel like Batman ta- BTAS, as the, those in the know call it, uh-huh. uh, that was like my film noir as a kid. Oh yeah, for and sure. it's a fairly faithful 
you know, it, it's not a it's not a copy of a copy. It's like that's that's film to me. That is film noir. Mm-hmm. Those some of those episodes, at least, um, some of them are the more grounded ones, right? Yeah. Um, like even the first Killer Croc episode, you know that one called I think it's called Vendetta. It's just a film noir story, mm-hmm. and Killer Croc is like uncharacteristically clever in it because he yeah. he disguises himself as Harvey Bullock and he does a bunch right. of shifty things, yes. and it's like this whole elaborate plot, and it's really interesting. Um, it's a good show. Yeah, I love it. We could do. There's already podcasts about of that course. show, but I could so I would love to do that. Oh my god, spinoff. She used to be quite a lady. I want to say there's also like kind of interesting gender stuff in this yeah. where it's like she's not a lady anymore, but now she is. A, I don't know. There, there's like. There's, She's there's, more than a woman to me. She, That's all I know. <laughs> we should title the episode that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't dig too deep into it, but I, I do think there's like some aspect of it where she's. Well, the next verse we'll see. There's like this is a man's world. This is exactly, like this yeah. is like a. It's about gender norms a little bit too. Cre- yeah, creepy guys' world, and she's especially because kind of, of the noir thing. It's like that's when you know men were men and dames were dames. And fem, yeah, the dames and femmes were femmes. Femme fatale and stuff. Um, she used to be quite a lady. She drove the underworld crazy, but now she goes insane. Yeah. So it's like she's saying she's the underworld. I mean, that's not much of she a. She became leap. hotel face. She's a little cracked up, you know. She became that which she used to investigate <laughs> yeah. and put. away way you know it's as if dick tracy became like dick face <laughs> and like he's yeah. now one of the villains or whatever i'm prune tracy she read that motel directive it told her she was defective yeah and i wonder like that could also be a play on the like the gender thing or there might i mean there's a lot of going on in that line she was defective like oh maybe it's like oh a woman can't um right. be a hotel detective I think these are my favorite lyrics I take these are back. great lyrics this is a great song and so it's like, I guess she found an easier way up the ladder and she took it. Now that lady is running the world slash in parentheses underworld. Um, right. I, I don't know if there's people out there who don't think this, that's what the song is. But I mean, like I said, though, I didn't really think about it until Chris Stengel's like kind of breakdown of it line by line. Well, I thought about it um, and I didn't know about it. It was real like smack myself in the forehead. When I was like, oh yeah. yeah, that's what he's saying. But, um. I, I did want to mention this, and this is also, is also mentioned on TMBW, but I've always thought about this. They're early on the Hotel Detective single from the 80s. It says Motel Directive scratched into the vinyl. So you know how they do these like uh, messages in the vinyl? They're like these. No. Yeah. So like. Um, I didn't know about that. Often there, it's sort of like a serial number is carved mm-hmm. into all. If let's look at any vinyl, like there's no, there's a series of numbers, but some bands are do a little silly thing. Like Morrissey yeah. does this, and TMBG did it, where it's like they they put in a, and some of them claim it's not them that it's like the vinyl distributors or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. They had on the Hotel Detective vinyl. It said, Mot- <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this means. Motel Directive Wigu Wigu Wishnik, mm-hmm. and Wishnik like ties to uh, become a robot. I think yeah. it says. It's weird, like like I said about the parentheses, it's like, did they have this plan for a while? What was going on? Was there just kind of, maybe it was just these casual ideas of like, oh, like this is part of this yeah. hotel detective verse. I don't know. I guess they thought this uh, song had legs. To me, it's always made the song kind of have like a, a creepy feel that it was so, yeah. it's so planned out or something. I don't know. Is she lonely? She's the... She's the only girl 
in this back alleyway. Now there's two ways to look at that, which is that she's the only person. Mm -hmm. But I think saying she's the only girl implies that she's surrounded, as we said, by yeah, by men. Bunch of mooks. In, the, <laughs> in this like scuzzy, yeah. you know, uh, world, right? Will she shoot you? I have a memory of listening to the song with you uh -huh. a really long time ago when you were making fun of how obvious the, the line coming up is. Really? Because it might have been the first time you heard it, but we were listening and when it's like, she won't have to, you're already, and you were like dead before, <laughs> before he said dead because you were kind of making fun of like, yeah, obviously that's what he's going to say. Huh. Do you remember that? <laughs> Doesn't sound like me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, um, Look, anything's possible. I mean, it's true. It is. It is. You do know where that lyric is going probably like long before he gets yeah. there. But it's sort of it just has to be. It's sort of the only thing it, it really can be. Right. Um, and it's sort of saying. Well, it doesn't bother me now. Yeah. Well, that's good. You've, I've you've grown. You've grown. <laughs> um, it's saying like she's quick on the draw or she's maybe she's just so tricky that like she's 10 steps ahead of you, yeah. right? Like there's a knife in your back or something before you even figured out that she's the villain. Yeah. I also feel like, yeah, there's, she's meeting these men in an alley pretending to be hotel detective. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, guess what? Like I'm taking over your, right. you're like- I'm moving into your territory. I'm moving into your, yeah, your gang is my gang now. I'm the new boss, right? Hotel face. And then it's like Chesapeake's face. Right. Um, and then it's basically all the same. Her face looks like levels of a hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like windows. There's a little bellhop in her mouth. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, that's grotesque. It's getting surreal. So yeah, I mean that's that's basically Hotel Detective. It's it's a fascinating. Oh, I, I made a weird note. The big reverby tom hits before the chorus. Really great production. It's a subtle production on this song, but you should listen for that. It's like very very huge sounding. It's like this really. It's a throwback song. It really mm -hmm. sounds like something to be on like miscellaneous T yeah. or, or something like that. You know, very at home in this release. Yeah, it paints a picture, and it's and and yeah, and they did a third one, which I guess I don't I know like if we'll ever get to it. But I, I was a little disappointed in it because. To me, this one is is one of my favorite. Yeah. It's a favorite. They might be giant song. I, I love this song, and although there's some humor there, to me, it, it's not super funny. It's it's kind of it's kind of like atmospheric. And Hotel Detective in the future, it, it just kind of seem like a joke song. It's like silly. I think that's the scariest one. I think it's serious as a heart attack. But I guess we'll Go, get to that. Well, I don't know if we'll, we ever will. So we will. Okay, we're in this for the long haul. It's like a dystopian future where everything's going to kill you. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't know. It seems almost like, for me, imagining a, a trilogy, a th it's kind of like, you know, it's like Phantom Menace. You're just like, oh, he could have done this cool thing. And he. I wanted the third one to be like really, really good. And I don't know, it just doesn't, I think it's catchy and fun. Uh -huh. But in terms of the lyrics, I just, it's like, to me, it's just too silly. I don't know. It's, uh, no, there's definitely a silly aspect to it too, but I, I think it's a mix of both for me. I wonder what our fans are. I'm, I'll do a poll. I wonder if anyone even knows about that. At Don't Let's Pod, what's your favorite Hotel Detective yeah. song out of the three? I'll do a poll. Let's move on to track four, another favorite song of mine. Wow, yeah. Linnell's knocking it out of the park. Mrs. Mrs. Train. Train, Chugga Chugga. I don't want to be first in line to see Mrs. Train. I expect that it doesn't matter to Mrs. Train. 
yourself And being patient and taking your time Are the things that Mrs. Train can understand You said I pronounced it wrong earlier? I said Miss Train? He said Miss Train I apologize <laughs> to the listeners I fucked uh, up I don't know, Dave uh, Well, Miss is unmarried Miss is uh, unmarried right? Shameful Sorry and, Sorry <laughs> No yeah, well, that's key. I think yeah, that might be is. key to the song. Um, I, I'm a little like ambivalent, uh, maybe on what the <laughs> on, life. on what the song is actually about. I'm not positive. I have a vibe. I've got a feel. I could say you, what you, you definitely told me. you definitely know what the okay you definitely know what the emotional reality of the song is, yeah, which is angst, a, a very anxiety. yeah. Very appropriate, typical John Linnell. This one feels more real to me. Um, Social anxiety. Other. Yeah, like anxiety, um, neurotic, mm-hmm. uh, stuff I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mrs. Train, I'll, I'll just say this is one of my favorite. They might be giant songs. Yeah. This is a special song. I wonder if this was on John Henry, what the hell that would be like. I don't know. Huh. Um, Let's think about I that. I mean, it's funny because if I was a producer, I'd be like, oh my God, yes, this song. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be like, no, no, no. Well, even how original the tempo uh, speeding up aspect of it is, mm-hmm. is enough to put it in an album track. It's such an original, creative, unique song. The lyrics, the arrangement. And how every verse ups catchy. the ante. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also understand leaving it off because like we said, this doesn't fit on John Henry that, that big, too much. <laughs> big beefy guitar sound and stuff like it's it's just too different, I guess. But I don't know. It'd be hard for me to cut this out of an album if I was uh, if I was in charge. Yeah. If I was God. If I ruled the world. <laughs> I, hey, I said God. I rule everything. Oh. So, well, I remember, I mean, this is probably what I used to tell you. Yeah. I remember the fans online just had this elaborate idea about the song, which is that it's it's a, either about a groom or a groomsman yeah. or a father of the bride or something mm-hmm. at a wedding. And he's having like anxiety for some reason about taking the hand of the bride, which mm-hmm. is the reason people think that. I th- well, I think there's three there's three clues. Yes. Th- well, this is what you told me. So this is what I guess it's about. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have no new ideas in my the head. Three, the three clues are the, that a train is what you call the back of a wedding dress, yeah. right? But Which I never heard really ever in my life. <laughs> I mean, I know that's true, but I had never heard anyone call address that before uh-huh. um the other clue is the the specific of mrs train right, right? that implies this is a marriage. which i so eloquently messed up okay well forgive yourself dave that's, that's the first step the third clue is about there's all these lines about taking her hand and you say take yeah. someone's hand in marriage so i feel like those three clues might give us like kind of a setting of the song but it also just to play devil's advocate it maybe has fucking nothing to do with any of that shit yeah wait speaking of marriage dave check this out yeah that's a wedding ring hello on my finger i <laughs> <laughs> just like hitting it at all i got married i thought i Congrats. should i can mention that it's a big life event it is i i posted Mazel all tov. about it it was exciting we did have one they might be giant song on our wedding playlist. Oh, what was that? Can you guess? Mrs. Train. No. <laughs> That's, well, so I had a rule for our wedding playlist, which is no, nothing ironic. I wanted genuinely romantic, nice, sweet songs. Oh, didn't, uh, impossibly new. Yes. 
I put impossibly yes. new. You told me. Which is funny because that, that song has some strange lyrics. But yes, I, it does. But I think the overall vibe is like w- the two of us can face like this shitty world yeah, together. And yeah, so I put that on. It was nice. Ooh. We were driving home and listening to that and that That's came on and, and we were holding hands in the car and it was a very sweet moment. You were holding hands in the car? In the car. Whoa. Can you believe that? I'm surprised the cops didn't pull us over. I had a TMBG song at my wedding, too. Which one? Do you remember? You were there. Uh, Why Still Little Bottle? (laughs) S-E-X-X-Y. Okay. (laughs) That's about you. Yeah. About yourself. Well, funny, it was supposed (laughs) to be for the groomsmen... Uh, <laughs> that was about me. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be our, for our friends to come out to yeah. and like dance to, but they played a different song for you guys. Oh, okay. What are the, uh, what are the groomsmen, what are the female groomsmen called? Bridesmaids. <laughs> Bridesmaids, thank you. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good name for a band, though, the female groomsmen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they played something else for you guys. I can't remember what it was. And then by the time that was done, then they played S-E-X-X-Y. Me and Chrissy were like, huh? Wow. And then we just kind of did an impromptu dance to it, and it was really funny. Wow. Someone thought that we choreographed that. I was like, no, oh, we just know the song really well. If you know, it's sad. Maybe that I'll put a clip up. When it's we... sad that memories leave your brain because I wish I remembered <laughs> that. I have no memory of any of this happening. I, well, I have the whole thing on DVD. So. Oh really? We oh. have our whole, uh, actually, our whole wedding oh, nice. was videotaped by, you know, uh, <laughs> a pervert. Kristen, no, yeah, <laughs> some pervert in the bushes. No, Kristen's sister's. Uh, wife Kasha taped the whole thing. I haven't. I don't know if I want to see it, but <laughs> it's all there. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to. In in the spirit of talking about sure. marriage, I did not have cold feet or any of the Mrs. Train. Nice. Ner- n- you know, I thought one day, all my life, I thought I would. And you see it in movies and TV all the time, where the guy's like, "Gulp, I'm getting married." Oh like, no, don't do it. Stupid. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I was so. Yeah. I've never been more on board and happy easy. for anything in my life. I was like thrilled. It's a no brainer. It was very much in my, in my mind. I was like, this is the best thing ever. So, yeah. There you go. Easy to do. Easy peasy. <laughs> that were my. That was my vows. <laughs> this is easy peasy. Were hers lemon squeezy. That's right. That's we didn't even plan that. Anyway, this is one of the few that I looked up the interps for. I didn't. I was I a little never, afraid. <laughs> I think I never did before. I was scared. Boy, they vary. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's lots. Okay, of you know what? To, let's let's do this. We got yeah. we're making good time. Let's let's making pop. great time. We beat traffic. We beat traffic. I want to honestly, say, I just kind of browsed it cuz I was like this is like making my head spin. Someone equated it to a threatening elementary school teacher leading her students around. That's a bizarre. That person's got to one about the <laughs> look into their past. Of what? About the Holocaust? I mean, a train. Drugs, trains. Where'd they get that from? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, it's definitely not about a train. Someone else says they think it's about the Holocaust. Jesus fucking Christ. Dark. I don't think they might be trying to do that sort. I think they're, a, I mean, it's funny, as dark as they are, I, I don't think they, I don't think they go for like real yeah. world, uh, b- b- horrible, bleak. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's too, it's a little off, you it's know. It's not funny anymore. It's like Alice Cooper, like he's sure, doing a song about magazine. dead babies, but he's not going to be like, you know, oh, in Auschwitz. Or like, <laughs> like it's supposed to be all in fun. I don't yeah. know. Well, um, it, it goes on from there. There's, it's too much. Song is about a Someone kid who's says, reluctant to visit his grandma. Ooh, I, tell I kinda, me more. I kind of like that one because <laughs> he, she's old, slow, and takes her time. This the best is really one funny. Is it's a train leaving the station? Really? Well, it is musically. I mean, that's of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, I wanted to talk about that too. Yeah. I have a lot to say about the music. It's funny. I thought I'd see more of the wedding thing here. Female psychologist, Mrs. Train. Someone 
by a male patient who isn't ready to open up. That is, this is, I mean, look, I appreciate all the creativity here. The marriage interp. Oh, so someone, so like someone even says like the marriage interp because it was such a known mm. thing, right, among TMBG. So. Suicide. We need a funny sound effect when I say <laughs> suicide. <laughs> suicide. <laughs> um, song about a female train. Well, that's don't they? That's obvious from the title, isn't it? <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about some of the music. There's still a lot to talk about the lyrics, but um, just so it's a really interesting production. It's very, very hard panned and yeah. creatively panned in the left and right. You've got some weird things. You've got the bass mostly on the left. What? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought that? The accordion, Linnell's playing. This is a high, by the way, not a lot of accordion throughout John Henry. We've got, it's all here. <laughs> it all was in Mrs. Train. Yeah. We've got a great accordion riffing on the right, a cool pattern that he's doing. The vocal, lead vocals mostly on the left. Mm. I did that thing where I played the two different sides and listened, and it's like, whoa, the vocal's way louder when you just listen to the left side. The guitar noises, I think it's guitar that Flansburg's doing. It's like these train yeah. kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? They're like, there's something about... Uh, that's Can't describe it. <laughs> there's something train-like to the guitar sound, but why? Yeah. I don't know. But um, it kind of has like a steel sound, like banging yeah. steel or something. Um, those are on the left. And I, I just wanted for, you know, production uh, notes, it's like, what I would guess is he has like a phaser with a chorus and a tremolo mm -hmm. on his guitar. Something, yeah. That gives it that kind of wonky. It's a weird synthy sound. Sound, yeah. It almost sounds like a synth, but you can hear the strumming a little. And the hi hat is on the right, and the kick drum is on the right. So he's got. But then when the song picks up into gear, the drums move to the left. Damn. I can't believe it. What? And I read this was done live. Yes, they said uh, on their uh, Tumblr, it goes, Flansburg said, I loved recording that song. It seems it really was, hard. It was all live <laughs> and was really an event getting it just right. Yeah. I wish there was like documentary crews fucking like capturing some of this stuff yeah. that we always hear about with these studio stories and stuff. Because um, how can you all be on the same page for like this beats per minute every yeah. time it changes? It's so subtle. It's, it is really subtle. Yeah, it's funny because I've... I mean, I guess you couldn't do it to a click either. You can you make a click, yeah. I've done... When seconds. I record my uh, songs and I have like our drummer, Chris, or someone yeah. I know email you, you me drums, yeah. I like I do it just... I'll be like, oh, the, the bridge is going to be a little slower. And I actually do that in the click track. But I'm always like, how do they... I hope they can follow it. But how many changes were in this one? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's every verse. The temp so the tempo starts at fifty two beats per minute and it ends at around one forty four, which is so li like we said, musically it's, it's like a it's a train slowing yeah. and getting you know moving along and like picking up speed, which is like genius for this yeah. song. But the thing the the reason it's genius is like it's it's not just that it captures a train, it's that it captures anxiety. Yes, which is like a runaway train. Yes, exactly. And so like there's a lot going on with this song that's like very. Um, just so beautifully like in sync with each other and like it's just has all these double meanings and the sure. thematic things musically and lyrically i've never seen a train like this before but then again there's never been a train like this before like mrs train and someone's got to be the one to declare that they want to be next in line to see mrs train there's a lot of deliberate like weirdness in the lyrics where you're like wait what who's where what it's kind of like with Ondine where he's yes, like wait who's yes. looking at what who's talking about what um 
let's go through some of the lyrics specifically. And a lot of them are repetitive, but he changes little things here and there, yes. um, which, which captures kind of anxiety and being trapped in the sort of the same thought process, right? And like, you just kind of keep thinking the same thoughts and- Ruminations. I don't want to be first in line to see Mrs. Train. I expect yeah. that it doesn't matter to Mrs. Train. So he's kind of trying to, it's like when you try to read someone's mind, but you're doing it in a way you're, where you're, you're, it's like you're trying to make yourself feel better. I always thought that sounded negative though. I expect that's like matter. she's not a good person. Oh, really? Oh yeah. my God. I don't know. It depends what's, what's happening in the story. Doesn't matter to her? I, you don't matter to her? That's not good. Being comfortable with yourself and being patient and taking your time are the things that Mrs. Train can understand. So he's being like, well, if I'm, if I'm not first, if I want to jump to second or third place in line here, she'll be fine with it because she gets, sure. she, she gets me. I've never seen a train like this before, but then again, there's never been. I mean, that to me is almost like she's an angel. It's like, yeah. oh, this is a beautiful woman and her dress. I've never seen this before. Yeah. And it's like the reason I've never seen it is because she's so so special and unique, right? Um, someone's got the, to be the one to declare that they want to be next in line. I mean, so there, yeah, I mean, but this doesn't have to be a wedding necessarily. Yeah. It could be a dance. It could be some event. But mm -hmm. I, again, a lot of the little lyrical choices point to a wedding with the misses and stuff, right? Well, someone where you have to wait in line. I mean, I think, like you said, the feeling of waiting in line for something is the most important thing. I don't think it really matters where it takes place. Yeah, I mean, this song to me just feels like stage fright or something. Sure, you know? yeah, It yeah. just has that feeling of like, oh my God, it's coming, it's coming. And then, yeah, he repeats things a lot. But then, so in the third part though, he goes, it's a lot of the same lyrics, but then he goes, I'll be happy when I finally take her hand, which I, I find genuinely sweet. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he wants the song to be, gen I think he does want the song to be kind of genuinely sweet and sort sure. of romantic in a way. Uh, yeah. But again, if this is like about a father giving his daughter away at a wedding, maybe, <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. if it's romantic, but there's something like sweet there. Like, I'll be happy. I mean, it's self, he's like self reassuring, you know, himself just being like, no, 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 this is good. This is all going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it, it gives the feeling of a, a groom having like uh, cold feet at a wedding. But again, it might not be. <laughs> Might be about the Holocaust. Or, well, I was saying to Kristen, like, oh, it might be like one of the groomsmen is in love, secretly in love with yeah. the bride. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. That, that might be too much detail for a story, like these lyrics that don't have a lot of details in them. But then he goes, I'm not in any rush to head the line. And so the line has a missing head, which to me. That's violent. Implies that he ducked out. He's gone. Mm -hmm. He's, you know. Or the camera pans and he's. Well, I think there's a, a sort of different things going on there. But. You know, let's say like it's a, it's a movie, the camera pans, it's like, whoa, he's not there anymore. Uh -huh. He didn't want to be first in line. He went to go throw up or something. Yeah, or he's just like like jumped on a train and he's going away. Like we're at the end of The Graduate. <laughs> Being patient and taking your time are things the train can understand. And I'll be happy when I finally take her hand. There's never been a train like this before Someone's got to be the one At the head of the line to first see Mrs. Train But I'm not in any rush to head the line And so the line has a missing head And I don't want Yeah, what do you, what do you think about this missing head thing? Because it does, I mean, saying the words missing head over and over gives the idea of a headless person, but yeah. I don't think that's what he's getting at. Or maybe absent-minded. 
absent-minded. That's like a pun on absent-minded yeah. almost. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought of that. Probably wrong. <laughs> well, no, but it, even if you're wrong, I mean, I don't know if there is a technically a wrong. Even if I'm wrong, I said some words. You're kind of capturing what these lyrics do to you, which yeah. is like you're just kind of looking for looking for like something to make looking sense. For love in all the wrong places. And it just kind of doesn't. Well, Linnell's doing that sort of like tricky, like inward spiraling thing of like, he creates the missing head by leaving, but then he's like, I don't want to be first in line to see them. Like then he's sort of, he's sort the of the side of the glass. Yeah. Like he's the Mrs. Train now who's yeah. like coming at, maybe he's where, astral projecting, coming at where he used to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is such a Linnellian, like strange, surreal idea. Right. And it's also gives to the anxiety and horror aspect of it where it's like, I don't want to see someone with a missing head. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is one of those songs where I'm like, I wish he could just talk about it, yeah. but I, I almost don't want to know because I've loved it for years. Cause yeah. I don't, oh, I don't understand a hundred percent. I wanted to talk about the music when it like picks up and gets where the drums basically sound yes. like a train. A train shuffle. So I wanted to just play, Brushes, I mean, maybe. there's no like specific musical reference, but there, it's sort of a tradition. Like, <laughs> so uh, when I was in Seattle recently, we were all playing this train themed board game mm -hmm. where you're like making these like railroad, it was really fun. You're making these like railroad lines to like connect and stuff and you're all kind of competing. It's kind of like Monopoly, but with railroads and stuff. For fun, while I was sitting there, I made a train playlist on Spotify. <laughs> wow, you get wild, man. Yeah, I, I, I go crazy. And so like, but one thing I was thinking about was like the, the train sound in songs. It's yeah. like you do the shuffly drums and it, and this yeah. song does Wholesome that. prison. Here's, yeah, well, here's an example. This is a Johnny Cash song actually about trains. He has a lot about trains, though some yeah. of them are covers of older folk songs. Here's like an example of like, I think what Linnell's, or what the whole band rather is like is kind of emulating is this it's kind of just like we said on dean and stuff is like a genre like a film noir genre this yeah. is like the train genre because you can find like a hundred songs about uh -huh. trains that all kind of have the same sort of sound oh this song's called orange blossom special Yonder coming, coming down that railroad track. Hey, look yonder coming, coming down that railroad track. It's the Orange Blossom special. Bring in my baby back. <laughs> Dave loves those uh, one, four, five <laughs> blues blues chord progressions. Um, <laughs> he made a get on with it <laughs> hand gesture just Sorry. for people who aren't in the room with us. <laughs> Sorry, America. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, but the no. Train. Yeah. So just want to say like, when you have those drums are like, it's like it emulate, you know, for some reason. And I love this about train songs, which is why chugga chugga on Apollo 18, he referenced Chattanooga choo choo. And that song does a similar thing where it's whenever you have a song about a train, you have to make it sound like a train. It's the law. Can you listen to five train songs in a row without losing your mind, though? No, it, there's a good Liz Fair one yeah. that has the same thing where it's like, going on a train and coming back. And it's like the drums like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's just like a thing. There's a, and Andy, Andy Partridge has some, a few train songs. My train is coming check that out. It's, they all do that same thing. So this is kind of like, this is kind of a tradition in like, especially in folk music. Um, sure. But like. This is America. Just like it's Linnell's version of a train song, which is not maybe not even about a train at all. Like, yeah. That's the thing. 
it's like a person named Train or who is uh, the <laughs> maybe she's a trainee. Trainee. <laughs> she works. This at is McDonald's. about an. This is about an intern yeah. and about <laughs> their employer who's afraid to train someone. Yeah. So yeah. So the song you know chugs along. It gets faster and faster. The train is leaving the station. One of the coolest. Again, very classic TMBG thing that happens. This Barry Sachs comes in. The arrangement of the song is great. Like, it's just, again, it's like Linnell just being so melodic and fun. Like, burr, 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 good burr, composition. Burr, burr, burr. Um, the good, track of Flansburg's guitar strums get more like, burr, burr, burr. like he's, he's like hitting every sort of like quarter notes or eighth notes or something, right? I used to think this was funny. The, the song gets too fast for the accordion to keep doing the riff. Because he's doing like oh. um, arpeggios. He's going, and then when the song gets too fast, he just does chords like, you know, because it's like, you can't just do that. You can't go, you know, maybe he can, but it wouldn't even sound right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. The drums move to the left side, which really, again, like the panning in the song gives the feeling of traveling. And it gives that anxiety feeling too of like your thoughts are swimming around your head, you know? Yeah. Racing. Like sperm. Racing thoughts, okay, or sperm, sure. <laughs> um, you do you. I expect that it doesn't matter to the missing hand. Being patient and taking your time and things that a head can understand. And I'll be happy when I finally take its hand. There's never been a head like this before. Someone's got to be the one at the head of the line to first see the missing hand. But I'm not in any rush to head the line and saw the line has a missing hand. Missing and I don't want to be first in line. Then you've got like Linnell's backing vocals going missing head. They're on the right side, very strictly on the right side. So yeah, missing head is on the right and it's Linnell's voice. I always find it interesting. It's like, why not Flansburg? I think it just has this like feeling. Because Flansburg doesn't have anxiety. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's the thing is it captures that the narrator's in his own head. And if you had Flansburg doing it, I don't know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't feel the same way, right? Right. The lead vocal then moves to the left and the reverb. Can't keep track. The reverb of his vocal goes to the right. And it's interesting if you isolate it, you only hear like the reverb in one ear and then the, you hear like a pretty dry vocal on the left. I don't know. Is that interesting oh, to people? Weird. I've never heard of that before. Uh, I'll do some examples in our thing if you, if you want to hear it. whose decision that was that's a very specific t trick it just sounds like they had a lot of fun mixing yeah. this and and it's not just fun it goes thematically every everything it yeah. has a purpose but um yeah it's it's interesting to imagine a john henry that was more maybe uh am like you know like weirder and more maybe sonically ambitious mm -hmm. with different things going in and out of the speakers and stuff like just that make it 24 tracks Keep it uh, going. I'd love a 5.1 surround Mrs. Train. Uh -huh. Some <laughs> bands like Talking Heads and XDC, I have their these 5.1 versions of their albums, and it's like so fun, mm. especially when it's like really like like the Dukes of Stratosphere, or like really elaborate stuff. That would be great. Yeah, at the end, it's like a hard cut. Even the reverb, it's just like this hard cut. It just yeah. stops. Which The train crashed. Yeah, it's, it seems like something suddenly stops. It doesn't fade out. It doesn't like, doesn't go off in the distance. It just like, it's like a hard stop on, on every level. 
I mean, the song does end kind of in a happy sentence when he says, I'll be happy when I finally take its hand. Yeah. But he's talking about the missing head's hand <laughs> or the train. It's, we it's, lost track. Yeah, it, it loses track. Oh, no pun intended. Uh, right? No, uh, there was not. I'm actually surprised he didn't even go farther with the, the train yeah. puns or anything like that. Well, puns are very silly. But I love this song. I love the song so much. This is, I can listen to the Back to Skull EP a million times. You talked about this song a lot. Really? Early on in our friendship. What did I say? <laughs> How much you liked it. You were just like, Mrs. Train this, Mrs. Train that. It's a song, if I was making a, a playlist for They Might Be Giants to get someone into them, I would easily put this it's song. pretty unique. Up. Yeah, it, to me, it's one of their best. It's kind of like a miscellaneous tea. I love Nightgown of the Sullen Moon. And that it's song's not, amazing. And Mr. DJ. To me, this is, you know, Mr. DJ and Mrs. Train should get together. Mm. DJ on that train. Yeah. Boogie woogie. <laughs> DJ on that train. Okay, <laughs> I've clearly run out of things to say. <laughs> okay. Let's Sorry. move on to the final track. Final track. We did it, America. And it's called Snail Dust. Dust? <laughs> I was doing some, uh, as Dave said, good choreography to yeah. the lyrics of Snail Shell. You guys all missed out. You missed out. If fun. only this was a video show. Yeah, if only. If only they could see our probably have to put silly faces, our ugly faces, <laughs> ugly mugs. Uh, so Snail Dust, uh, obviously They Might Be Giants didn't make this. They approved it. They put it on their thing. And yet they won't answer my calls. But uh, what a world! Snail Dust was uh, is a remix by the Dust Brothers. Let me. Just oh, I get it. <laughs> well, it's funny that you you say that because before I I did get it, and maybe this is kind of also on purpose. Like the the thematic thing of back to skull and like from dust to dust and mm -hmm. like I, I always sort of saw it as like in the death theme as naming it snail dust and mm. it, it kind of works with like yeah. back to skull kind of um so i just i had to throw that in there but um the dust brothers are mike simpson and john king they work with Handsome. they might be giants in <laughs> are they i think so my type wow, dave's like unbuckling his uh belt <laughs> right now um I have a type. They kind of look like Trent Reznor, uh, Metallica. <laughs> yeah. They exactly. look like 90s dudes. Yeah. That's my type. That's your type. Um, that's what I wish I looked like. The Dust, <laughs> the Dust Brothers. When I have sex with myself. <laughs> they worked with They Might Be Giants on, on some other songs. They worked a lot on The Else. We'll talk about them in the future. I dug into the song a bit and I found a few of the samples that they use oh, cool. to create this thing. I don't think anything in this is original. I think this is all from taken from things. Oh. So the things that I, I couldn't find, I was really upset. I could not find the do it sample. Um, I even listened to a bunch of like funk songs that have the word yeah. lyrics do it in them. And I was just like, you know what? This I'm wasting my time. I'm, I feel like that sounded like something it's so specific. from a 
Beastie Boys song, which they probably also sampled. Oh, but yeah. they, I mean, they have like the record of sampling. This is a great <laughs> thing. Like email us at don't start podcast at gmail. If you know the do it sample or, or whatever, um, I'm positive that main riff ding, 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 yeah. is a sample. Like that just sounds like a loop hmm. of a sample. Here's what I did yeah, find what though. What did you find? I found where the drum beat is from. The drum beat is from T Ski Valley, a hmm. song from 1981 called Catch the Beat. Listen to this. I was the lady romancer. <laughs> uh, doesn't that just take you back to, to, the, yes, to the year I was born? To the mean streets of the early 80s. <laughs> of the queens. That's a fun. I, I love that. I actually listened to that today. I was like, this is great. I love this. Uh, catch uh, the beat. T Ski Valley. That's T S K I. Uh, catch the beat. Yeah. So that's the beat. Get it right, suckers. That's the beat of the song. And then we've got kind of another funk song from 1982. And tell me if you know what this sample is in the song. This is from the band Zap. Oh, this rules. I can't play that much of it. Woo! So that's that's uh, that's zap, and it's funny because that's the noise. It's like a pew. Yeah. It's a zap. So I, I found two. That's kind of cool. Um, hey, that's better than me. That's anyone, two more than me. If anyone knows more, please send them my way. I, I did actually reach out to one of the Dust Brothers because there's his email yeah. and no response. Hmm. Um, he doesn't know what he's missing. Yeah, his loss. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious. No hard feelings though. So I, I wanted to know, Dave, what do you think of this remix of Snail Shell? It's fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, I you know, it's hard for me to talk about a remix. It's there's it, not it's much a, for me to. It's a remix to, version of the yeah, song um, to grab onto. Yeah, well, well, what I wanted to, I, I do have like opinions on it as like a song almost because it's like what I like about it is it's it's pretty like restrained. Yeah, it's pretty like disciplined of like this is the song, like this is what we're doing. Like it doesn't yeah. go too crazy. It's not like what we talked about some of those like Istanbul remixes and stuff where it's like there's just so much crazy samples everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is like this oh, really fun. it finds a groove and it sticks with it and it's sort of like is an alternate version of the song. Yeah, almost almost more than a remix, right? Like yeah, I'll say this: it fits very well. Yeah. It's not like abrasive or anything. I, I have no problem like putting this on and listening to yeah, it. I, no, even, I had it on today. I was grooving and bopping. When I was looking up some info. In that order. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, well, I think medically you have to groove before you bop. Yeah, of course. Um, You'll throw up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> when I was looking up like stuff about the song, I saw some fan reactions from years ago. And like one person's like, I prefer this to Snail Shell. Mm, and I'm like, you know, that's valid. Like it's a, it's got its own. 
it works and it, it, it does work as a song. Yeah. But it is, yeah, it's pretty, it's more repetitive. It's not as like, the arrangement isn't as like uniquely, you know, like, because mm-hmm. the, the real Snell Shell has all these, has like more dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, but the thing is, the reason you can't really play They Might Be Giants at a party is because there's too many dynamics. Good point. And this is the kind of song you could put on at a party. Definitely. And I think that has worth. That has merit in this work-a-day world we live in. <laughs> Because I think our John Henry demos episode is too overloaded, I want to play two uh, snail dust demos okay. that the Dust Brothers did before this one, which I guess were either rejected or mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. We don't know the story. So these were on TMBG Clock Radio, and there are two previous versions. There's two previous attempts okay. from the Dust Brothers to remix Snail Shell. I've never heard these, so this oh, is an exclusive that's exciting. for me. So we're only going to listen to some of it, even though I think there are there is a lot of changes like throughout. But so this is one. This sounds closer to a TMBG song. I, I was going to say that. It sounds like the gorillas or something. It kind of sounds like, like <laughs> Darlings of Lumberland. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. It also sounds pitched. It's a different key, I think. Linnell's voice sounds higher. I was right? gonna say. You've got Linnell's organ. So yeah, that we're that is kind of it's a little bit more. It's almost kind of sounds like an old Betty Boop cartoon yeah. or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it has a kind of. It, it's an int- It sounds more. So here's the thing. It sounds more like a bunch of samples mm-hmm. that are colliding with each other. Whereas Snail Dust almost sounds like a band played it. Or sure. in, in my mind, I mean, I've I've never even knew it was a bunch of samples. Yeah, but the one we just heard sounds more like a They Might Be Giants. Yeah, it's real. I like it. I like the piano. I wonder what. Creepy. I didn't want to try to look into where all that stuff is from because it's just too much. But yeah, a little bit creepy in a good way. And that one part was familiar when it's like did did It's almost like like the Rocky theme. Or something. I don't know. Let's listen to the second snail shell, snail well, those dust. Those are big attempt. shoes to fill. Here we go. And then we're going to, we'll see which one's the winner. I like this too. <laughs> Sounds like Velvet Underground. Yeah, yeah. Little little factoid. I first heard this on Dial-A-Song. This was on Dial-A-Song years ago. It is a ago, little factoid. 
and I hadn't heard it in full quality until they put it on clock radio. But I, I instantly recognized it. I was like, oh, shit. And on the Isla song, I thought it was the first Linnell's version of Snail Shell. Like, I didn't know. It basically just sounds like snail shell yeah. now. So yeah, what do you think? That that has a that has a great groove. Yeah. It's a little, I don't know, when they incorporates the elements from the song, like Linnell's keyboards, it almost loses some of its, its personality, right? Mm-hmm. And I they think don't quite mesh. I think with Snail Dust, he really just uses Linnell's vocals. And I I think that's a it's maybe more bold. But what do you out of the three, what do you think? I like you, the first one. You seem to like the first one. Yeah, Dave was Dave was dancing. Yeah. He was like, he was, you know, it's all I'm saying is it's getting hot in here. Yeah. Take off all your clothes. That's That was the vibe from Dave. Yeah, I, I like, yeah. I do like all three of these, actually. I don't see why they couldn't just put all three remixes, like the guitar single that has like three right. different remixes. Like, just fucking do that. Just fucking do it. But I, I thought that was interesting. That Cowards. I, makes you wonder what else is lying around, like, of all these different things. I was going to say, oh, say what you will about this remix. I'm sure, as we've discussed, you would prefer another original yeah. demo or something in there. And it's, yeah. And it's well, we know what they held on to. I think Dark and Metric was around at right. this time and Lullaby to Nightmares. And those are on Long Tall Weekend. But uh, those were ones and uh, about me too on severe tire damage right. that they say is from the John Henry like demo sessions or whatever. So they could have so, put those on valuable there. Valuable real estate. But I mean, after years of just being familiar with Back to Skull, like to me, it's it's just right. It's mm-hmm. the way it was meant to be, right? It's the place to be. guys this is goodbye all right okay this is goodbye remember me <laughs> don't remember dave avenge me avenge me uh that that's that was back to skull One of what my, if on my tombstone i just said i told the guy to put avenge me that'd be great wouldn't that like elicit so many like questions like what why for what <laughs> yeah that's the greatest thing anyone's ever put on i'm doing that mm-hmm um, Sorry. <laughs> Side okay. Note. Um, back to Skull. One of my favorite CDs that I own. This is this is one of those CDs where I'm saying like I, I don't want to put my CDs. I want to have them yeah. somehow, you know, on me somewhere where I can look at them and touch them and stuff. Yeah. Um, or they because well, they touch me, so I should be allowed to touch them. Exactly. Thank you so much. Next up, we're You're gonna, welcome. We're gonna do <laughs> John Henry demos. I think there's 500 of them. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with that. I'm a little uh, concerned. A lot of them are pretty similar. Yeah, well, there's dial songs and there's the demos. Is that going to be a seven-part series also? I think I'm just going to try to take, I mean, in in real talk, I'm just going to try to... Yeah, real talk, bro. ...point to a few notable things and we'll move on and keep going because it's... The baseline and sleeping in the flowers. That's right, yes. (laughs) Two hours on that. Um, This has been Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants. Please, please email us. Don't want to start podcast at gmail.com. 
Our Twitter is at Don't Let's Pod. I think they changed the website to Spotify now. I have to look into what the hell that is, but... Um, gotcha. You mean Anchor? Yeah, Anchor is no longer Anchor. Now it's Spotify. Oh. Uh, we, are all, we are all Spotify. Praise, praise Spotify. Praise be. <laughs> praise be to Spotify. Um, that's fine. I don't really care. Uh, I really don't care. Hope you enjoy this. Thanks again to Scarlett Kim, the yes. cover girl of yes. Back to Skull. The star of the show. She's so great. She's so nice. I'm so happy we finally got this yeah. uh, part of the interview out with her. And uh, Dave, yes. you look like you have something to say. Yeah, I had the strangest dream. Huh. I dreamed I killed you again. Paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. She was a little